You're listening to Vermont Credit Unions On Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. I'm Joe Bergeron, President of the Association, and with me is Carrie Allen, Senior Vice President of Consumer Lending and Development at Heritage Family Federal Credit Union, a $670 million institution with about 49,000 members. As importantly, Carrie was recently elected board chair of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions, making her the 23rd chair of our association since its start in 1947 and only the third female member of the board to assume that leadership role. Congratulations on your election as board chair, Carrie, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm delighted to be here today. It's great to have you here. You know, uh, we thought it'd be a good idea as uh, a new new board chair in your role uh, to, uh, you know, introduce you to people and give people, listeners, a little bit of background about you know, how you got involved in credit unions and what you do at Heritage and maybe some of your philosophies about credit unions and so on and so forth. So I appreciate, you know, you finding time to connect with us here today and uh, share some insights with everybody. Thank you. I'm very much looking forward to getting to know the other credit union partners around the state. And I think this is the first step. So thank you. Awesome. Why don't we just start at the very beginning? And I know you had uh, a life before credit unions and, you know, your first and your only uh, credit union career, I think, to date, if I'm right, has been a Heritage Family Federal. Um, so how did you end up uh, in credit union land from whatever you were doing before? Sure. That's a great question. I, I think like many credit union employees in our nation, I didn't necessarily grow up dreaming about working for a credit <laughs> union. I sort of fell into it, um, but couldn't be happier about that decision. So for most of my career, I was in sales and marketing. And in fact, Heritage Family Credit Union was a client of mine. And as credit union industry really shifted towards a community model and, a, and away from a select employee group model, um, I think across our nation, we saw credit unions looking for the opportunity to connect with community members through sales and marketing initiatives. And at the time that I was approached by our current CEO, Matt Lewandowski, and our, our past CEO, Ron Hance, about coming to Heritage Family, it was under this brand new position they were creating called business development, which really was what we all see today as sales and marketing. And so um, I was delighted to have the opportunity to work with them as I had known them from this community for many years um, and excited at the opportunity to really build this new position and, and create these new opportunities for Heritage Family in our field of membership. How long have you been at Heritage? I've been here for 11 years. And time yeah, flies, and, right? Yeah, when I started, I remember being at, um, you know, our staff appreciation luncheon once a year, and we would show a slide of the longevity of all of our employees. And there were employees who had worked here for 15, 20, 30 years. And I thought to myself at that point as a younger professional, yikes, I don't know if I'll ever work anywhere for that long. And now 11 years later, and I can't really imagine myself going someplace else. So <laughs> live and learn, right? 
Awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and yeah, I know turnover uh, in certain ranks and credit unions and in all industries probably is, is a lot. Uh, um, you know, people seem to job hop or when they're out of college anyway, uh, a lot more these days than what I recall from, oh, just a few years ago when I graduated from college. <laughs> um, so uh, what about Heritage uh, Family Credit Union itself? You know, I know probably everybody listening is is familiar with it to varying degrees and its roots go back to, um, you know, the GE plant in Rutland. But can you give a little picture of Heritage and, um, you know, maybe a little bit about what you know about its history, but uh, as importantly, you know, some of the statistical stuff about, you know, what's the footprint geographically and, you know, things like that. Sure, absolutely. So yes, as a matter of fact, we started as the Ludlow Rutland General Electric Employees Credit Union. That, that fits on stationary, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Hence why our name has changed, right? Um, and as you can imagine, a small group of General Electric employees got together and started the credit union to give each other loans. They actually took a loan out from the Ludlow Savings Bank um, and opened an account over there so that that they could continue to lend more money out and grow their credit union. And Ron Hance, who was our, our immediate past CEO, was an employee at that General Electric um, plant. And eventually they closed Ludlow and moved to Rutland and we went with them. So um, for many years, we operated out of a little tiny office in the GE plant um, here in Rutland and then ultimately opened a branch on Center Street, which is immediately behind, shares the same parking lot with our um, branch located on West Street here in Rutland. But as you mentioned, um, you know, 49,000 members today, we have 10 branches in central to southern Vermont and one in Hooksit, New Hampshire. Over the last few years, similar to other credit unions, we took advantage of a field of membership expansion, picked up um, some of the fringe counties in New York and Massachusetts that bordered communities that we already um, were engaged with or have branches in, as well as some of the additional counties in New Hampshire that were sort of between um, Vermont and New Hampshire. And interestingly, probably, um, some are wondering, how the heck did you choose Hooksit? That's a bedroom community of Manchester, right. New Hampshire. But it has a general electric plant there. And their employees said, hey, we want a credit union as well. And so, you know, back in the day, we brought our, our current credit union over and said, well, we'll join us. We'd love Great. to have you. Great. So the, the other um, part, geographical parts of the field of membership for heritage that are outside the state of Vermont are expansions by county or something like that. Correct. But it's the only yeah. out of state uh, physical location. Branch. Yes, absolutely. Have, right? Yeah. Huh, interesting. And we, we have active, just like many of the credit unions listening today, we have an active cuddle program and New Hampshire has an awful lot of car dealers. And so, you know, that to have that expanded field of membership gives an opportunity for New Hampshire residents that may be looking to buy cars to, to, to join the credit union for their lending needs. So right. we're delighted to have that opportunity. Right. Great. Well, thanks for that picture. 
So we didn't talk about this in advance, but, you know, we're on the tail end of 15 or whatever number of months it's been of pandemic and everything. So with all the locations that you have and all the employees that you have and everything and, and the big operation center that you're probably taking this call from and whatnot, um, how, how did things change during that period of time? And are there things that you think that, um, you know, were modified in, in the way the credit union operates that are going to continue going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think something not only that we think about here at Heritage Family, but certainly all employers around our sure. state and, and probably the nation are having similar conversations, right? Um, you know, Heritage Family, like other credit unions, were already investing in digital opportunities to engage with members. And the pandemic encouraged us to expedite that process, right? So some of the things that we did during that time period, we brought video branch online. And so now our members are able to interact with our staff from the comfort of their home or their office or their car on their mobile device. And they're able to video meet, um, whether that's with a lending officer or an investment advisor um, or a mortgage officer. It also allows our staff, even when, you know, everything goes back to, to post-pandemic, right? Um, it allows us to be able to offer services in a community where maybe we don't have to travel. We, we can have some centralized services and still meet with members um, to assist with their financial needs in a different community. So that's one of the things um, that really changed moving forward. And we also saw the adoption of members to use some of those digital services that already existed, right? So we saw an uptick in enrollment in online banking and using those services um, and really enrollment in sort of all those automatic services like bill pay or direct deposit, um, anything that members could really self-serve without having to leave their home became vitally important during this time period. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely think that will continue. I think, you know, we saw some people that said, I never realized how easy it was and now I'll use it forever. Um, and we also think in general, things have changed a little. Right. And, and things have changed a little for our employees as well. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, we all thought, well, certainly we didn't have any idea how long it would last. Right. And I don't know that we saw our business model as the type of business where we could have a bunch of employees working from home. And then when it was a necessity, I think we got a little creative and started to wonder, well, what might it be like? And I think we are all seeing um, that in our nation, that employees are demanding employers be more flexible, get creative, right. help them have a work-life balance. And right. so I think that's important for us as credit union leaders to figure out because, of course, we want to be an employer of choice. We want to have great employees, strong, you know, new leaders as as employees of credit unions good good points uh, uh and and you remind me that uh, one necessity is the mother of invention so we just kind of yeah. went through a lot a whole lot of that with this pandemic um and and i recall 
before this panel, well before this pandemic started, you know, seeing uh, studies here and there of credit union members, particularly younger generations of credit union members who, uh, you know, all wanted, um, they didn't want to go to a branch. They all wanted remote access to their credit, but they wanted to know that some human being was available if they wanted to connect with a human being to resolve a problem or whatnot. And all of what you just described kind of plays into all of that exactly. Yeah, absolutely. The story that we need to continue to remind our members and truthfully our staff is that these um, investments in digital transformation are not replacing experiences. They're not replacing opportunities to engage. It's only enhancing. So one day I may visit my local branch and, and start a loan application that I then, you know, later in the evening finish online. And the next day I may decide I need to chat with somebody. So I open up my mobile device and I do a video branch appointment. And the next day I visit an ATM that's, you know, in a service center. So I, I think all of this is the idea that credit unions absolutely have the capabilities to serve their members' financial needs, similar to any, you know, mega national bank that we see advertised on TV, but also even better than that, they're serving the members that they actually know in whatever way the member wants to be served. So, you know, that idea of omni-channel experience, that idea that, you know, we're available to you basically 24 seven, that we have ways to engage with us as a credit union that are gonna meet your family's needs without disrupting your family's lives. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here for a second because, um, you know, I was gonna ask you, um, and I guess I still am, um, over the, the 11 years that you've been at Heritage, um, you know, technology has changed and, you know, some things are feasible, like you just discussed today, that weren't like a decade ago and so on and so forth. But amidst all of that, all of those changes and adapting to not just a pandemic, but an evolving uh, um, environment that, you know, your credit operates in and whatnot. Do you ever, you, the, the overall management of the credit union, your board or whatnot, ever contemplate or think about, you know, how do we keep up with the Joneses, Joneses with the technology and all of that, but without losing the qualities that uh, are the philosophical foundations of, of credit unions? Yeah. Um, I think it's a conversation that happens daily in mm -hmm. boardrooms, in offices. Um, actually, it's kind of a funny story. I get to participate in a portion of our new employee training that is talking about culture, help, helping you know newbies understand what it means to be an HFCUer. And just like all the credit unions listening today, we have a long mission statement with lots of words. And as a new employee, they see it on the wall and think, oh my goodness, do I have to memorize this today? And I tell them, you know, ultimately I, I want you to think about an old school scale that sort of has those balance on each side. And in one side of the scale is member service. And on the other side of the scale is staying a strong, healthy business so that we're here for generations to come, providing them all the products and services that they need and having accessible technology. 
those two things have to always stay in balance. And all the decisions you make every single day are going to come down to that, is how do I serve this member that's standing in front of me? And how do I serve the membership? while also maintaining this healthy business model so we're here for years to come to provide all the products and services that our members need. It is absolutely a balancing act that all credit union leaders have to be thinking about because we want to provide the services that our, our members need. We don't want them to have to go someplace else. We want them to have technology um, that will make their lives easier, provide them peace of mind, um, you know, have the tools so that they can save money and make money, be more financially successful as a family, while also still serving them at the local level from their friendly financial advocate. Absolutely. It's a balancing act. Um, so, so what do you think of the future of your credit union and credit unions overall? You know, what do you see? And, you know, I'm not talking about, um, you know, having too many deposits and not enough loans today, <laughs> but, uh, and what the budget looks like over the next year kind of thing and whatnot, but further down the road, uh, you know, what do you think are the, might be the bigger challenges on the horizon for, whether it's heritage or credit overall. Oh, that's a heavy one, Joe. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I see similar to what we hear on a regular basis that the burden of, you know, regulators and compliance, mm -hmm. the fear of, of fraudsters and security risk, um, those are really heavy burdens to bear and and leadership at credit unions no matter their size are constantly challenged with those and how do you continue to serve your members with all the things they need while also being responsible to your regulators and you know making sure that you're continuing to keep all the private information private and and protecting against any of those bad characters those are really big burdens um, I also think consolidation of the industry is something that we all should be mindful of, mostly because it's important to me that Vermonters have access to credit unions and the services that credit unions provide, and not just financial products. Credit unions are committed to being a vibrant partner in communities, and I want to make sure that, that Vermonters have that option moving forward. And I think the way that we do that is by working together, by by collaborating among cooperatives, by supporting each other um, in best practices, in in vendor management, in you know, fraud detection, finding ways to continue to thrive so that we can support and serve Vermonters into the future is really what I think is the most important um, for us at Heritage Family, but also for all credit unions in the nation, but, but I particularly care here in Vermont, is we want to make sure that we're sustaining into the future um, the option for Vermonters to be served by credit unions. You know, you remind me that in a small state like Vermont or New Hampshire or, you know, a number of other states, um, you know, theoretically, 
Um, you could have consolidation down to the point of having, you know, a single credit union covering an entire footprint of a small geographical area like Vermont and even larger states too. But it makes me wonder, you know, after you go through whatever amount of consolidation, uh, and we're talking credit unions, but it could be any industry, um, you know, how long is it before somebody comes up with the idea that, um, geez, you know, I can create, you know, where all of Vermont or all of, uh, you know, Montana or whatnot is served by a single cooperative credit union and they're good and everything, but, you know, I can create something more personalized to the needs of the employees of, you know, ABC company or my little community or whatnot. Um, and the pendulum kind of swings the other way uh, a little bit. Absolutely. And we're seeing it with a workforce, right? That's leaving the cities to enjoy our beautiful way of life here in Vermont. And, you know, that physicality is no longer as important to employment. And if that's true, what about those disruptors, right? So what about the advances that we potentially could see in the financial industry without physical branching? So I think there's lots to consider in the future and um, being relevant, collaborating, looking for efficiencies. Those will be the ways that we succeed as an industry, in mm -hmm. my opinion. You know, I said at the onset that you're our newest board chair um, and the 23rd uh, chair of our board since the organization started in the mid 40s. Um, so we really need to talk about that, uh, you know, a bit, a little bit anyway. Um, so what what are your your thoughts? Uh, you know, what first, I guess, uh, you know, a historical question is, you know, why did you uh, pursue getting on this board of directors for this association. And then can you talk a little bit about, you know, whether it's specific to our association or just, you know, an association for credit or other entities in general, you know, why do we need those kinds of entities? And, you know, what's the reason for being? Sure. You know, I think um, a personal value that I've always had and, and the way that I might describe what I'm best at is being a connector. I don't necessarily feel like it's important for me to be the creator, but I like um, opportunities to meet people and then connect them so that they're more successful together. And I think serving at a board level and, and the Association of Vermont Credit Unions is not the first probably won't be the last board that I've served on, but board service is a way to do that. It is a way to work together to create something even better and more successful, to create relationships and partnerships and collaborations um, that will ultimately lead for all of us to be more successful. And, and so that's particularly why it was important for me as I considered service at the Association of Vermont Credit Unions was the idea that I was committed to this new industry that I had joined and I wanted to look for ways to create relationships, find connections that ultimately we would all be better off for having. Awesome. I think the association plays an important role in Vermont credit unions for lots of different reasons. And depending on who you are as a credit union, any given day, the association may support you in a, in a different way, right? So certainly advocacy, 
um, I couldn't imagine a more knowledgeable um, advocate in Montpelier than you, Joe. And so we're lucky to have you and I'm delighted to be working with you and learning from you. Um, advocacy for Vermont credit unions is important today and will continue to be important for the future for our members and making sure they're getting the best products and services and rates that they can, but also for our business models so that, you know, we're being protected, we're being heard as we identify challenges to the way that we do business, um, that we have equal and, and fair um, treatment in comparison to other businesses. All of those are vitally important. And then take it out to, to our national level and your relationship um, with CUNA and, and the NCUA, you know, those are important for us as well at the state level to capitalize on those relationships and, um, you know, continuing to grow those relationships and learn what's going on in other places, connecting with your other league presidents and finding out what's working, what's not working, you know, what have you had success on? Those are so important to us at the state level as well. Um, but the list goes on and on, right? So providing training opportunities. I, I saw an email um, this morning for a training and was looking at the upcoming ones and thought, ooh, I wanna sign up for this one and I wanna get my people on this one and I need to tell you know, Sarah about this one. The opportunities um, provided for that collective training, that scale that we gain uh, without maybe having to travel to conference or bring in a speaker ourselves, it is valuable as well. And then, you know, being a resource for products or services or even just questions and best practices is beyond sort of the expectation that we have until we need it, right? It, you don't know how important something is until you're not sure where to turn. And to know that we have AVCU to turn to to at the very least listen and point us in the right direction, I think is something that, you know, we all come to love and learn how important it is when we really need it. So I think the association has an important role to play. I, I think I already said this, but has an important role to play today, but certainly into the future as credit unions and the industry evolve as new players show up uh, you know, as competitors, as additional regulatory burden shows up, as products and services roll out and we need to vet vendors and, and identify opportunities in Vermont, as legal concerns, um, you know, present themselves, you'll be at the forefront. The Association of Vermont Credit Unions will be at the forefront of those dialogues and discoveries and will continue to support Vermont credit unions into sustainability um, in the future. Well, thank you for that, Carrie. I think I need to uh, issue a disclosure to listeners that none of that was scripted in advance and there was absolutely no exchange of funds here, but uh, but your, your thoughts are all on the mark. And you know, thank you very much for, for that on behalf of all of us, uh, not just in the association office, but I think you know, all of us that are members of the association throughout the state. I, you know, we've been going at this for a little while. I, I think we're uh, nearing a conclusion here, uh, winding things down. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that comes to mind that you want to squeak in? Or, or have, I know we've covered a lot of ground, so don't feel like, you know, we need to throw something else in. Uh, but I don't want to 
you know, miss anything either that you think might be important? You know, I just am really excited. This is truly an opportunity and I'm so proud and grateful for this opportunity to serve Vermont credit unions and to work with the association. I am excited for Vermonters to continue to work with credit unions and to be a part of that future um, is really a pleasure. And I look forward to getting to know the other credit unions in the state of Vermont, learning more about what the needs are, what their hopes and fears for the future are, learning about our similarities as well as our differences and serving the membership of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions is really what I see the value in my role as board chair is. And I look forward to serving in that capacity. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for all of us ahead and, and I'm delighted to be here. Awesome, thank you very much. Um, you know, before we wrap up, uh, there are, you know, just a few things that I think people uh, would want to know about you before we close. Um, and we can only find those out through a really short you know, kind of multiple choice quiz format. Um, so if that's okay with you, I'm going to fire away here and Ooh. just say whatever comes to mind. Okay. So like personal <laughs> preference, dark or milk chocolate? Oh, I don't like sweets. Can I have nachos? <laughs> Somebody's always got to go against the grain and pick something different. Okay. Um, what's your favorite kind of music? Oh, I guess maybe like indie rock, um, you know, Edie Burkell or Brandy Carlisle, wow. Indigo Girls, maybe that. Wow. I love live music. Maybe that's what I should have said. Live music. Like, I, you know, give me a picnic chair and a lawn yeah. and I'm there. Yeah. So I have to ask, have you ever played a musical instrument yourself? I played in the band when I was a little girl, but that, I'm not sure I would call that really playing that an qualifies? instrument. qualifies? <laughs> and what was it that you played? I played the flute. Of course. All little girls play the flute, right? <laughs> if if you can't choose, it's a flute. <laughs> I, I'm the oldest of four girls, and I think that flute just passed down. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Uh, if you could have dinner with any kind of famous person, personality or historical figure, anybody, uh, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, whatever comes to mind <laughs> first. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like, like I said to you earlier, I'm such a connector that anyone is interesting and everyone is interesting to me. I, I love learning and meeting people and finding commonalities and, and learning about what excites them. So I'm open. Invite me to dinner, Joe, whoever okay, so, you want. So a good dodge to that question. You know, some people try to answer that with one of those, uh, you know, impressive sounding answers like oh, Winston Churchill or, you know, something like that. Well, you know what? I would have said one and then 10 seconds later, I would have been like, mind. no, no, I got a different one. <laughs> okay. Last one. Uh, if you could, uh, if you had a, a open ended check uh, to go out this weekend, this coming weekend and buy any kind of car that you want, what, it would, what would it be? Oh, these are tough ones. Um, when I was a little girl or younger, I would say I always wanted a Cabriolet convertible Volkswagen. It was like a super cool car when I was yeah. maybe 14 or 15. And so in my mind, that's a really cool car. So I'm going to say that it's probably not even 
I don't, that, you know, wildly expensive. What, but. Was that like the uh, convertible version of a Volkswagen Rabbit? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I but those. I just thought it was so cool and I, I would be cool just for driving it. Awesome. Well, thanks for those insights, or at least a couple of them <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll keep working on the uh, on the candy one and on the person I have dinner with. We'll get back to you on that one. Uh, but thank you for your time uh, spent with us this afternoon. We, we really appreciate it. Um, that's been great. Thank you so much. And, and again, I look forward to getting to know all of our listeners better in the future. And with that, everybody, we've reached the end of another Vermont Crudians on Air podcast and hope you found it interesting. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Crudians on Air in the iTunes store or at soundcloud.com. If you've got ideas for a podcast and something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at Vermont Credit Unions with an S dot co-op. Uh, thank you for listening. And until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron and Carrie Allen <laughs> at the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. Thanking you for listening. <laughs>